This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hi there. Welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs on the web at tdjacobs.com and on the planet uh, right now in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Thanks for joining me. I have a show tonight called Being Uranian, and I'm going to explore different aspects of what living with that archetype is and means and what it requires. And Because there are lots of people who don't want to be too individuated because it can seem to cost a lot. But here we are on the precipice, we could say we're on the precipice or we're in the Aquarian age, and we are meant to individuate. It is, in fact, Uranus is in the chart of every person, of course, house sign and retrograde statuses differ. But it's in the chart of everybody. Every human has this individuation imperative, the I.I., we'll, we'll call it tonight. Actually, I, w- I won't call it. I'll forget that because that's kind of silly. But um, anyway, so that's what the bulk of the show is uh, going to be about. Um, anyway, I just got back the other day from uh, the ESAR 2014 conference in Chandler, Arizona, which is um, – I really haven't been to many astrology conferences and I felt like I'm doing, like I'm producing a lot of work and doing a lot of phone and client work and energy work sessions and astrology stuff and teaching, but I'm kind of feel like I've been under a rock in some ways. So I had a chance to go to a greater community of astrologers, all kinds of different astrologers from all over the place and connect for a few days and have discussions and interact and share perspectives and, of course, go to lectures by astrologers from all over the world. And it was really uh, fantastic. I did feel a little awkward when I got there and that happened for a couple of days and it just kind of felt like I, I just felt like I couldn't find a way in to connect with anybody. Like I just felt very Uranian and that's not why I'm doing the show tonight to like process my own issue but but um i just kind of felt weird and then actually after the second day the just the responses i got from people um like i felt like when i talked to some people like they didn't mean to do this but i felt like the energy was why do you think i would want to talk to you and it was really awkward and weird so so i went back to my room and did research on where my progressed moon is by declination and it's at the outer <laughs> the outer uh, limits of declination. So in, in uh, every 9.3 years, uh, if your progressman is going to go out of bounds, uh, then it, you know, then then it will on that kind of regularity. And I'm actually at the at the the peak of that right now. So it can make one feel as though out of bounds, kind of like beyond the establishment and uh, not really fitting. So it's a time that can be great for creativity and coming up with great solutions to things, And but sometimes feels a little uh, isolating sometimes. And I just, you know, had that experience and realized that that was there. 
I saw some great lectures. I went to a couple of lectures. Uh, I intentionally went to a couple of lectures on the 12th house <laughs> and uh, also one on Pluto. And I just kind of listening to what some other astrologers who are also teachers and writers um, have to say about it. And it was, it was, it was instructive and good. And I also went to some um, lectures um, on things that I wouldn't have gone to see. So you, if you're listening to the show and I always say, Oh, I'm an evolutionary astrologer and I'm focused on the journey of soul and, you know, et cetera, and, and the blah, et cetera. But, um, there are things that I haven't studied, which I'm happy to, you know, share with people who ask me certain questions. Like some people will ask me about certain things and I say, well, I haven't uh, explored that or, you know, I'm not in a position to answer that question. And I intentionally went out of my way this time to go to some lectures to, add to my repertoire to get different perspectives. And that was really fabulous. That was really fabulous. Um, I just really enjoyed doing that. And so there are actually a couple of things that I've heard and read about, but never made sense until I went to these lectures and heard it spelled out by a person who's teaching it. And that, that actually felt really good to have some of those gaps filled in. So I feel like a better person, a better astrologer, etc. blah, etc. So anyway, that was, that was ESAR. That was really great. Um, and uh, stuff and junk. So anyway, I came back to Tucson uh, Sunday night. We're we're only an hour and a half from Chandler, so we were very fortunate to be able to to go to this uh, conference, drawing people from I think it was twenty three countries, and it was just kind of in our backyard. So uh, as far as like the energy of vacation, I didn't really feel that because it's. The, it was still the desert. You know, like I got into the hotel room and I looked out the sliding glass door onto the vista on the desert and all I could think was, oh, it's still the desert. Uh, but, but the, but the meeting everybody and uh, connecting and doing things, that was, uh, really great. And I made some connections with people who are definitely interested in coming on the show and sharing their ideas and their work and being, uh, interviewed in my, um, kind of haphazard slapdash. <laughs> creative inspired moon out of bounds way uh but we're not going to do those conversations we're not going to start all that until uh, after mercury's retrograde just to uh just to make sure just just to leave it in there so that's what i want that's one of the things i want to talk about on the show tonight to open things up um first i want to do the announcement the, the single announcement two announcements the first one is that the daily energy work slash meditation slash channeling calls started today uh, october 1st 22 days in October, so 21 more days after day, today. When I did it 31 days in August, it was all about the live calls and attempting to inspire you to initiate a daily practice, to join us on this live call, to step up to that place every day with us on the phone where you say, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to find out that I'm supported. I'm willing to find out that life is on my side. I'm willing to receive guidance and support from my guidance team. I'm willing to let go of the past etc. Um, and I was talking to Metatron and I said, how can I reach more people doing this? And this was um, during the August calls. And he said, very clearly, you get you make the MP3s available. So I said, okay, I'll do it again in October and make the MP3s available. So, so in August, I didn't uh, give out the MP3s. I didn't sell them. Um, now I am. So if you can or can't make the 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern call time, you can get the MP3s. What that means, you can get them as a set. So you can either call in whenever you want during the month and do a sliding scale at the end of the month as I did in August, or, and I recommend the or, (laughs) 
or you get the, the all 22 MP3s and the option to call into the daily calls when and if you can. Um, I did hear from some people during August. I would love to do this, but with little kids um, or with a work schedule or something, or I'm in a, I'm, you know, on the other side of the planet. I can't do it. Uh, I'm sleeping when you're doing this. So uh, the MP3s are available. So anyway, go to tdjacobs.com and. You uh, on the right hand side, there's a graphic October daily calls, etc. Blah blah blah, and uh, click on the link, and you can you can read about it, and you can even do day seven of the August calls to get a feel for what a 20 minute process with us on the phone is like, or, or hearing the MP3. And also, you can there's also links in there to uh, the flyer, the PDF flyer with all the details, as well as uh, feedback from. I don't know, maybe eight or ten people who uh, participated in a number of the calls in August. Some people had some transformative experiences, and the more calls they participated in, the better. So openness, willingness are key, but also repetition is key. Every day, stepping up to that place and saying, yes, I'm willing to let go of that thing. I'm willing to open up to a new, to planting a new seed. But the key is uh, willingness plus consistency. So I want you to have a daily meditation practice that works for you. And so I'm offering this as one option or one uh, thing you can model this on. So it is energy work and it's channeling. You receive a teaching on a particular life issue or something uh, during the call. Tonight it was about um, that there's a choice that you have to make in your life and you have to say yes, please, to something or no thank you to something. And then doing energy work on first and second chakra issues in case there's the influence of other people in your field that might prevent you from saying yes and no when appropriate. Yes or no when appropriate. So, but every day is going to be different. So I encourage you to check those out. You can, you can uh, get in on the action, so to speak. Uh, the channeling action anytime during the month. And I will have this 22 MP3 set available later. So if you're hearing this months or years later, go to tdjacobs.com and you will find that option there. You can opt in and get access to all 22 MP3s. The other announcement is I am confirmed for travel to Vancouver, British Columbia the last week in October. I'll be doing the body Spirit Soul Expo or Body Soul Spirit Expo, pardon me. Uh, I'll be doing that. I'll have a booth. I'll have charged crystals, charged tiger iron and uh, red, uh, brocaded red jasper. And um, I'll also be taking signups for readings. I'll be doing some readings and I'll be doing a, a talk on the first two days, uh, Friday and Saturday. On Sunday, I'll be doing an energy work channeling meditation event for about 90 minutes. So if you're in the Vancouver, BC area, you want to get in on that action that's the phrase that keeps coming up today, uh, on uh, it's like it's a Sunday, the 26th of October. And then I'm planning to hang around for another few days, and I'm uh, setting up some other events that I'll be publicizing soon. So I'm really excited about that. Um, to uh, get up to that part of the country again, I did just spend over two weeks in Portland, Oregon, uh, in that part of the U.S., but, the, but to, uh, to cross the border and get up into uh, Vancouver. I haven't been there before, and I'm really excited about, uh, about what awaits me there. Those are the announcements. I want to talk about Mercury retrograde just a little bit. Um, it's in Scorpio right now. And as it stations, meaning as it appears from our the Earth's perspective to slow down, it is in Scorpio. So basically it entered Scorpio and immediately starts to slow down and in a noticeable way. So the whole thing, you know, Mercury builds 
or the, the energy surrounding our mercurial experience, whether it's scheduling, brain stuff, communication, you know, my own verbal acuity on the show tonight, I'll keep saying, if you want to get in on the action, that's like, I don't even, I never say anything like that. But whatever. Mercury is about to retrograde. It's stationing. Feel a little bit of mercurial weird pressure. But as Mercury appears from our perspective to slow down, mercurial things get a little complex or we're a little forgetful or we're not quite sure how to organize and execute. And, um, and if you hear nonsense falling out of my mouth during this uh, show tonight, it's that. It's, it's, I'm actually qualified to do this radio program, but you know, the brain is functioning a little differently. I don't use it as an excuse and you shouldn't either. Nobody should, but to understand that when weird things happen, whether it's a slip of the tongue that actually is, um, uh, revealing, uh, in a, in a constructive way, or it's uh, just confusing, you know, have a little patience and be willing to, uh, to work through it and be intentional about how you're using your mercurial energy. But it's in Scorpio. So after a time in Libra, which is about, uh, creating or learning to create balance, harmony, fairness, justice, equality, building bridges together, negotiation, kind of trying to be nice, <laughs> you know, uh, attempting to create niceness. Now it goes into Scorpio and it's slowing down. And this is the third of the three Mercury retros this year that go into a water sign station and early uh, degrees of water signs and then go back into the previous air sign. So that's actually really an interesting pattern for the year. Um, when it's in Libra, we're trying to learn how to get along. When it goes into Scorpio, something true is revealed and a power play may come up. Who's in charge? Who has truth on his or her side? What is, what is really happening here in this dynamic? What is the thing under the surface or behind what we might call behind the veil or behind the curtain that has been driving the thing that I don't like or that you don't like? What is the truth behind this? Um, and you are supposed to become aware of it. Now, because Mercury is slowing down, that may be hard to know what to do with what you realize or what you learn or what, what through conversation is revealed. You may not know what to do with it. And now Mercury is going to station uh, and it goes uh, retrograde. I think it's officially on the, on the fourth in three days and it's going to be retrograde for about three weeks. It's going to go back into Libra. So you are now becoming or you are already in possession of a scorpionic truth or a realization about some scorpionic uh, perspective, and you may not know what to do about it. You may not know what to say. You may not know what's coming next. And now Mercury is going to retrograde back into Libra. That the the uh, regress <laughs> uh, back into Libra happens Friday, October tenth. So going back into you know the last degree of Libra. Then so at that point you may have been stewing or percolating, or in a paranoid way, trying to figure, paranoid or suspicious way, trying to figure out what you're supposed to do with the truth that you have recently learned. And now you're supposed to let um, dialogue ensue. So right now, if you're sitting on something that you need to say to somebody, or you're watching somebody's, the wheels turn, somebody in your life, whether it's personal or professional, and that person is not telling you something, give it some days. And you may feel a little paranoid. You may feel a little suspicious or like, uh, you know, uh, impending doom or a little bit of a cloud kind of sneaking up 
uh, you know, sneaking up on you, you know, a big uh, thundercloud or dark cloud overcast uh, time. Um, but allow that this internal process of Scorpio has to unfold for a few days as we have this change in rhythm. So just be patient with that. Now, that's about an issue that may come up between you and another person in some way. Uh, I'm saying that because Libra and Scorpio are the signs of relating. Uh, like Libra, hey, who, who are you? What is your favorite color? What music do you like? And then Scorpio, let's get down to business in whatever way that means, you know, let's get naked, whatever way that should look like. And, um, or could, you know, can, could look like, but, um, I'm saying, you know, that, that about, about relationships, but it could be about anything because this lens of Scorpio and then back into Libra will affect how you relate to technology, for example, that may not work perfectly, how you relate to schedules that change. Mercury and Scorpio stationing may be, may have you inspired to be very frustrated and kind of, you know, intolerant of things because the, the emotional energy that comes up when we are frustrated in Scorpio can be, can seem a little caustic or dangerous. So get grounded, send cords into the earth, decide that everything's fine and that you're safe and trust that when things need to become apparent, when things need to be said, trust that they will allow you yourself and this other person or other people to process and percolate and at every every turn that you find yourself going into a, a darker place or a little paranoia or mistrust ground it send it down into the earth and decide that you're fine and that that everything's going to be fine and then be open to having that dialogue so um those are my thoughts on that current event this is uh now time for the first break this is tom jacobs on the soul's journey and i will be right back Positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck? Call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on Earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, Explain soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow 
making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. Hi there. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. Uh, This is your pal Tom Jacobs on the web at tdjacobs.com and on the planet in Tucson, Arizona right now. And uh, tonight's show is about being Uranian. Everybody has the planet of being different. Everybody has this uh, need to express uniqueness and to operate in some way on a different wavelength, in a different rhythm. Like according to a different rhythm, you know, marching to the beat of your own drummer, that kind of thing. Everybody has Uranus in his or her chart. Most people aren't quite sure how to do it. I have been in that situation. I have Uranus in the first conjunct Mars, so I can't I can't hide it. A lot of people can actually get away with hiding it. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. Um, and so for a long time, I didn't want to stand out too much. I didn't want to because who wants to be – A loner who wants to be, you know, the only person doing what you're doing, you know, that kind of thing. Um, So part of the Iranian process is wanting to belong, actually. Uh, And I I want to give credit to uh, astrologer Maurice Fernandez, who whom I heard at a a conference in 2005 in in, uh, Sedona, and he talked. He gave a talk on the seven stages of the of the Uranus archetype, which I found really. I can't quote it. I can't quote all of them for you, but the basic idea. Uh, of, of my thinking about this is um, was put into really it was articulated really well by him so I want to give him credit for that um, but everybody wants to belong and we start with trying to belong wanting to belong and then realizing that the group we're in may not like the the, the group of friends or the or the uh, network or association that we're in may not actually serve us and we may feel tension and need to leave. Then if we leave, we may feel a little shunned. We may feel that we've like ostracized ourselves. But then when we are free of the influence of a group that didn't work for us, we have the opportunity to develop uh, what is essentially our own personal genius and what unique contribution we can make. Because we will if – if we'll give our Uranus space and time to function, as I said, it will make us a little unique – and will maybe a little weird or eccentric, but it will also we will work at a different speed, typically faster than the people around us. People have strong Uranuses sometimes don't understand why other people don't get what the Uranus person gets. Sometimes they don't understand how this thing that is so obvious to them isn't understood by other people. So if that happens, then the person can be frustrated and critical and sometimes a little embittered toward others who who aren't on the same page or moving in the same speed. And it can often be true that Uranian people, when they're doing their Uranian thing, can find others who who kind of get it or who are moving in that direction but not um, so quickly, not quickly enough so that this person feels that 
a real connection can be made. So frustration can arise with this. And this is one of the stereotypes that I had coming into astrology about what Aquarians were like. You know, you know, we just kind of have this, you know, if we have kind of a pop oriented, uh, idea of what astrology, oh, Scorpios are secretive and mysterious or, um, you know, Aries are, you know, foot in mouth disease people or whatever. Taurus is stubborn. Uh, my, my little weird thing that I've absorbed from generically consuming, um, underdeveloped astro or you know my underdeveloped con- consumption of astrology before i immersed myself in it uh, long, uh, about 11 years ago was um that aquarians can be critical and um and uh picky and uh critical of others and i actually grew up with an aquarian sister who's about two years older than i am so i was a younger brother so she you know felt like she had the job of being critical anyway so that was just uh you know one of the ideas but if you can accept that when you're doing your Uranian energy, that some other people may not have the insight or objectivity or perspective. They may not in that particular arena or on that particular subject, they may not move as quickly as you. Uh, then you can have compassion for them and you can either teach them or go off on your own and do your own thing and not be stressed about it. So uh, being Uranian uh, is all of these things and more. Uh, another another kind of part of the story is if you develop what uh, is what your unique Uranian uh, gift is, where you can see farther and faster than others, perhaps have a vision, perhaps invent a new solution to an old problem, or perhaps invent a solution to a problem people didn't even know existed, uh, because your perspective is uh, is different and you're a little ahead of the curve. When you can develop it, when you have the freedom to develop it, you have space to be your own unique personal genius, then when it's developed, you naturally want to give it to others. And that's the humanitarian side of this, of the Iranian Aquarian archetype. So uh, it is about humanitarianism. It, it is about, you know, uh, helping people. It is about that. But if a person is frustrated it, given his or her own Uranus experience, if a person is critical of others because of the speed at which they don't move or can't understand something or they don't see a particular perspective, then you'll never – if you're bitter, you'll never develop your genius. Or if you do, nobody will ever want to hear <laughs> what you did because you'll come back and you'll say, um, okay, look, little people. I've been over here for 20 years out in the forest developing this new thing. And they'll say, you're rude. <laughs> like, what are you calling us little people? So, um, but you have to go through a process to get to the place where you're willing to, uh, to develop that personal genius. Now, sometimes that does require some isolation or some separation. And Uranian people are really well known for needing to spend time alone. So they're not having to deal with the normal rhythms of everyday conversation or everyday relationship. If you are somebody who's highly Uranian and you don't spend a lot of time by yourself to give yourself freedom to be and develop uniqueness, to be unique and develop it, and nurture that uniqueness, then you're going to go a little crazy. If you are afraid to spend more time alone because you're afraid of being alone, then the Uranian thing can't happen uh, in a healthy way and you will feel a little crazy because you're stifled and backed up and you may be very bored. This is one of the things that happens with Uranus when it's not fed. The person becomes bored. I've been thinking about this. 
because uh, I'm coming up on my Uranus opposition, which is to say it's one of the midlife transits and the kind of one that classically is a labeled midlife crisis. And it's when transiting Uranus gets to 180 degrees from your natal Uranus. So you're halfway through the 84-year cycle. Uh, you're in your early 40s and you and you get this sense of uh, – the Uranian opposition for everybody is this question, uh, wait, am I – Am I really free? And no matter what is happening in your life at that time, you could be the most Uranian, uh, you know, in a healthy way person ever. But no matter what's uh, happening at that time in your life, you are going to be challenged to get rid of structures that have crystallized and perhaps leave you in a rut or have you being so consistent you are not feeling fully alive and not feeling robustly creative and able to develop or invest in or offer what is your unique personal genius. So the Uranus opposition comes up, and I've been kind of starting to have mine, uh, kind of a hint of it starting. And so I've been thinking about that idea of, of uh, something that Steve Forrest, um, uh, my teacher, says about um, – you get this question at the Uranus opposition, and if you free yourself, well, that can, of course, you know, that's good overall, but it can, of course, you can do it in a way that doesn't work well. You can, you can burn bridges. You can, you know, lose your expletive and, uh, you know, be critical of others and blame other people for you feeling like a rut and vilify others. You can do it that way. You can do it that way if you kind of uh, lose your cool about it and you're not grounded and clear about what's actually happening and the fact that whatever has crystallized in your life to the point that you feel corralled and stifled, that it's your responsibility. If you can't see that you have created it or co-created it, but it's but it's uh, re- the result of choices you have made at this point, then you may blame others and kind of kind of lose your expletive. Um, but if you don't respond by changing something to be more free and to shed the uh, confinement that you have allowed to uh, uh, grow around grow up around you, then um, you will become to some degree, a little bit more lifeless or less alive is probably a better way to say it. So uh, I've been thinking a lot about that that sense of Uranus of if I don't do this, you know, am I going to just you know am I at risk of becoming boring and and becoming critical of everything because I don't feel free? So people who are in their early forties, this idea of the midlife crisis, um, it's this is one of the factors in play. The other factors for – like I think if we're going to do um, evolutionary astrology or astrology in a, in, a, in a robust way, kind of covering a bunch of different ground, I'll say that there are four midlife, tri- midlife tr- crisis transits, so to speak, or midlife tri- transits. Oh, my god. The Mercury thing is happening. I'm almost like butchering every phrase. Um, I'll try to make it through the rest of the show. Thanks for your patience. Um, but uh, the uh, Pluto square, which for people right now, so it's transiting Pluto, squaring natal Pluto, you know, transiting Pluto uh, in the sky, gets to about 90 degrees from a natal placement. And that's about uh, meeting fears. And uh, the monster under the bed, the monster in the closet, comes to sit down at the dinner table with you, and you have to face what you're afraid of. And that's kind of an intense thing, especially through the lens of um, some evolutionary or karmic astrology. The multi-life journey and all that, that the Pluto in its uh, depth and intensity of the all the shadows uh, that get shoved into Plutonian uh, realms, that's kind of can be an intense thing. That's happening right now for people in their late 30s. In other generations, it happens a slightly different age. 
And then the Neptune square will happen in the late 30s, early 40s. Neptune, transiting Neptune, has gotten to about 90 degrees from natal Neptune. And that's about perhaps a crisis of faith. What about Neptune has been left out? What about faith? What about my ability to trust life? What about my creativity? What about my willingness to feel or find myself a part of the greater fabric of reality has been left out? Or what do I need to recapture? The square is like, wake up. There's something Neptunian you're not doing. What is it? And a lot of times at that point, people will feel a sense of meaninglessness or they will observe their choices and what they're doing as actually leading to something meaningless. And so that kind of catches up to you around this time too. And then the Uranus opposition, uh, which is this wake-up call, are you free? Wait a minute. I don't think my sports car is red enough. Whatever. They're calling all kind of the stereotypes about the midlife crisis. Uh, and then also, uh, typically toward the end of this process, um, age 43-44, will be the um, second Saturn opposition. So transiting Saturn reaching, uh, you know, being 180 degrees from natal Saturn for the second time. The first one happens around 15 years of age. The second one, about 29 years later-ish. So um, so anyway, so these four transits kind of um, pile up together over the course of perhaps six, perhaps, you know, four or five years. And um, lots of stuff has to change. And uh, if you're not aware that... Who you are in your mid-30s is not who you're going to be for the rest of your life. Like if you are attached to the idea of who you are, then these transits will uh, affect you in deeper, deep ways. Because you know, basically we get to the place where we have made certain decisions. We're adults. We're in our 30s. Heavens. We know exactly what's going on. Of course, everybody in their 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s will say, oh, those young people. And we're like, we're not young people. We're in the primes of our lives. You know, kind of like, because kind of, we think we know who we are. So, you know, we've, we've changed enough as children because of the influence, impulses, demands, imperatives, edicts, charters of other people. And then we're, you know, and then we're 10, you know, and then, and then we're growing up, we're going into school, we're getting more, you know, in certain ways, responsibility and more ability to think on our own, but then we can't truly act on our own. And then we, we go out on our own in our teens or twenties. And, you know, so we, we spent a lot of time being influenced by the, by the, um, the, the edicts and charters and respond and, and um, expectations of other people. So then by the time we're in our thirties, we may feel, Oh yeah, I'm in a good groove. I know exactly who I am. But astrology, one of the wonderful things about it is that it shows you without doubt that no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, you are changing over time. So if you're attached to the image of who you are when these midlife tr- uh, transits begin, then you're going to have some rude awakenings. If you're willing to roll with it, if you're willing to adapt, then you can work with it a little more. You can see, oh, yeah, I have a certain assumption and I have a preference. And you know what? Maybe that doesn't serve me. Maybe I don't know what could replace it. Maybe I don't know at this point what's better, but obviously it doesn't work. And so you know, the Uranian opposite, Uranus opposition here uh, in the early 40s, uh, early 40s, um, has a great deal uh, to do with that, with trying to wake you up. But but uh, separate from that, just the experience of Uranus in your natal chart, you have a house and sign of Uranus. You have uh, aspects, highly likely. It's a direct or retrograde. So there's a story to your Uranus and where you find it uh, in the house and in the house 
of your chart. That's the arena of life or the parts of life in which you need to individuate, in which you may say, I would rather belong or I am not quite sure if I want to stand out too much. But then eventually you get to the place where you have a perspective that has been developed by making connections, you know, intellectual mental connections, um, having a vision, you know, creating connections through being a visionary in some way. Uh, again, new solutions to old problems or new solutions to what nobody knew was a problem. So that house in your chart where Uranus is found represents what you, how you need to individuate and what your personal genius is about. Now, as you use that phrase, I've used it several times thus far during the show, and uh, I want you to understand that genius is not something reserved for those few people that every few years they do this series of like um, postage stamps of like of wonderful people. Uh, it's everybody has a particular genius to be developed. I'm going to pick that up when I come back from the second break. This is Tom Jacobs on the Soul's Journey. I will be right back. wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, aka Thoth and Saint Germain, explains soul, life and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Hey, 
everybody. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, your pal Tom Jacobs on the web at tdjacobs.com. Uh, if you're just uh, tuning in, just joining the show, um, uh, we're talking – we – the various Toms are talking about uh, uh, being Uranian. Um, I do want to say that there is a there's a great MP3 on my site tdjacobs.com on the store. Go look for like recorded audio, recorded astrology talks, and um, it's about the Chiron Uranus opposition in birth charts, which is present in just about all births from the years 1951 through 1991, and the idea is that. When you're, you know, if all of these people, all these like bajillions of people have Chiron opposing Uranus, when you want to do Uranus, when you want to individuate and you want to be free, you are opposed by Chiron, which is an awareness of other people's sensitivities. So I took some time a few years ago and sat down and explained this um, in all of the houses, explained the, the mythology of Chiron and how to understand the, the, the idea of Chiron as an energy antenna. Anyway, so that MP3 is great, and that's related to this uh, to this show, and you can check that out. Um, yeah, the Uranus-Chiron opposition. It actually explains quite a lot of things about why Uranian people in that age range, births from 1951 to 91, might not really want to be Uranian. When I work with clients and they have that, they're born in, the, in that time frame, I will say, okay, it's time for you to be free. It's time for you to express, to develop, and then to express, and then offer as a gift your own personal genius. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, do you know what that thing is within you that needs to be free? And the person might say, um, well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know what it is. <laughs> and I will say, do you want to do it? And the person will say, well, I mean, I guess. Uh, you know. and, and a lot of it can come down to they want to do it, but they don't want to hurt others. You don't want to have chironic others, people who are wounded, standing there saying, you did this to me. You hurt me. So anyway, it's a learning lesson for, like I said, I guess it's bajillions of people. But anyway, that MP3 goes into that in detail, and that's a really wonderful teaching that you should check out. Um, also, um, if you like the show, you can subscribe to the iTunes podcast feed, and you can also uh, catch this through Player FM and also Stitcher. And if you like the show, rate and review it. That's really helpful to me. And also, if you want to support the show, you can donate through tdjacobs.com. Um, whatever show is announced on the homepage, you click on that, and you'll find a page uh, that allows you to, to do a PayPal donation dealio. And that really helps me uh, keep the show on the air. I really appreciate all of your all of your donations to help that, help that happen. So uh, I was talking about... Um, uh, the house in which Uranus might be found in a person's birth chart, and that is where the individual genius in a person needs to be developed and cultivated. This is also where if the, the parts of life where if the person gives in to the Uranian impulse to be free, the person could become critical, could become impatient with others, and also uh, will be seen as different and unique and perhaps in some ways misunderstood. I just actually did a reading today for a woman who towards the, toward the end, we're doing a lot of energy work but um, on certain issues, but toward the end, she said something like, why is it that I feel like I don't fit in? And there's Uranus and Libra right on the Libra midheaven in the 10th. And, um, and I just explained to her, you can't help, but be different, let it be okay. You know, it's a, and it's like nothing else in the chart really screamed, I feel different. You know, nothing else really, really uh, screamed that, but that, that, you know, an augmented or emphasized Uranus certainly will do that. So the house is 
in what parts of life you need to individuate. Perhaps pull away from the herd, go off on your own for a bit, figure out what really matters to you, let your, let your energy, your mind, your energy, your, your work function according to its own rhythm or its own drummer, so to speak. March accord, march with its, the rhythm of its own drummer. I'm not going to get that phrase right ever. Uh, so, but anyway, the sign in which Uranus is found, it is important. Please do not submit went to uh, the idea when you read in astrology texts that the signs of the outer planets are not important. They are very important. Uh, outer planets, including Uranus, represent parts of the psyche that that are not considered personal, right? Personal planets, but but there is a very important uh, element of self that is defined by each outer planet. So the sign in which your Uranus is found is the the way that you do or don't individuate, or the reason, the motivation that you do it, or that you avoid doing it. Like for example, Uranus and Scorpio. Um, you might not want to be too truthful. You might not want to be caustic. Uh, and if you told the truth in order to separate from the herd, you might just, you know, perceive you're going to be just way too obnoxious. That's a fear that may keep you from doing it. Um, anyway, so the sign in which Uranus is found is how that Uranus needs to function, and then the house being the part of life in which, in your life, in which it will be found. I want to say something about Uranus retrograde, which is happening for approximately, you know, over 40% of the people because Uranus is, from the Earth's perspective, retrograde, which means appearing to be, to be moving backward in the sky uh, for about five months every year. So think about that. It's almost half of the population will have Uranus retrograde or station. And uh, that means this energy needs to work a little differently. And so, uh, you know, uh, I, I've used this example before because I find it somewhat entertaining because it actually turns out to be true sometimes with somebody with Uranus retrograde. With Uranus being the, the archetype of the rebel and the iconoclast and the uh, systems buster and the kind of like a smart aleck who works outside the system, that kind of thing, um, it's uh, – you know, I think about this idea of playing hooky. Just basically like not participating in the system today. Like, yep, not available. <laughs> not available to submit to your rules and schedule, and I'm not doing it today. So this idea of playing hooky. Well, somebody with Uranus Direct may have certain ideas and experiences about that kind of that kind of thing. Somebody with Uranus Retrograde might not really get why people would want or need to play hooky. The idea being that whatever you know, makes you feel that you're sloughing off the uh, confines of authoritarian expectations and Saturnian um, baloney and malarkey and crap. Like what, you know, the, the motivation and the reasons for breaking free need to be developed independently within the Iranian person. So you have Uranus, I need to break free, but you have a retrograde Uranus. It's directed internally. Well, what should I do? How should I do it? Why do I want to rebel? Why would I want to disrupt the, the status quo uh, of this system? Or why would I want to intervene in normal reality and, and be a, play a prank? Like, why, why would I want to do that? And so people with Uranus retrograde, which is quite a lot of the population, over 40% on, on average, uh, need to figure out why they want to do it and what is the point. So some people with Uranus retrograde can feel like they're in a no-man's land of 
well, I'm not sure why I'd want to do that thing, but I'm not sure why I wouldn't want to either. It's kind of can be in this kind of uh, floating on this cloud of I'm not really sure about how to do Uranus. So Uranus retrograde people need to invent a new understanding of why and how to do it. That's the key with Uranus retrograde. Um, anyway, so I just I think it's a really interesting uh, process because everybody has this individuation imperative, the II, uh, but not everybody understands how to do it. And, you know, a normal um, thing like the idea of being a rebel or, or you know, giving the, a finger, the finger to the man, so to speak, like that kind of thing, uh, bucking the system, systems busting, something like that. Um, if you do it and you don't understand why you're doing it, you just feel good about it, it may not be that you have your honest retrograde. You just might, might, might just like disrupting the system. Right, disrupting the, the status quo and the standard. Um, but if you keep doing it and you're really not sure what's happening and you're confused about it, you don't want to do it, but you think if you don't do it, then you're giving something. You know, this kind of confusion, this weird uh, no man's land, this weird uh, between zone. Check out your chart. See if you have your honest retrograde because you have to invent what rebellion should be like. You have to invent your own wheel. And most people with retrogrades, uh, any planet retrograde, uh, can look around and not be sure what to do with it and look around and, and see or observe what the normal people seem to be doing. So maybe I should do it that way because I don't really get it, uh, but that will never satisfy you. So if I say, oh, you want to uh, disrupt the system? Check out, unplug, stop going to whatever schedule, whatever people are expecting you to do. Just blow it off, play hooky. But if you have your honest retrograde, you can't take my advice and be satisfied. You might do it and explore what that's like, but you're going to have to make your own pastiche or your own recipe of what Uranus means to you, what it's about. And in that case, you may be surrounded with Uranus retrograde. You may be surrounded by people who do Uranus in a way you would never do. So you think, well, man, if that's what it's about, why would I bother? Like if you're surrounded by bitter rebels who are, you know, iconoclastic and kind of like, like trying to stick fingers to everybody, you know, whatever, then um, that may not work for you. You might not see that there are other ways to do it. So do some research on Uranus. Look up, you know, hundreds of keywords from various authors in books as well as websites. Go back through what people have been saying about Uranus, you know, for for decades and years uh, and get some ideas and realize that you have to make your own recipe of what it means to be Uranian in the right way. Yeah. So and then aspects to Uranus in the chart describe what conversations other elements within your psyche, your consciousness, are having with Uranus. Other people in our lives are invariably manifestations or illustrations, real-world illustrations of what's going on in our chart. So what's happening in your psyche and in your energy field will be manifest as other people. So if you feel, for example that uh, you can't be free because of some dynamic or because of this person, because of that agreement I made, something like that where you may somehow put it on other people. Look at the aspects that Uranus makes in your chart and uh, understand that you may have a resistance to freeing yourself and that person is uh, unwittingly you know, want, has wandered into your life to hold space for you to see this manifest in front of you. So just be really aware. And that kind of fits with the idea of um, um, what I would say all Uranian experience needs to be understood in terms of the inner process. And other people are not in charge of you. But if you give your, your power to other people, you can perceive that they are. 
And, um, but you have to own the individual individuation imperative within you and then learn how to do that, uh, you know, in the right way. So being Uranian can seem to cost you connection, but that's not true. If you set yourself free from stifling scenarios, you can allow yourself to create new scenarios. If that relationship keeps you feeling small, find another relationship. If that job doesn't work, create a different job, create a different career. Do some, if this industry is draining you that you've been working in for 10, 20, 30 years, fine. Do something different. And the Uranian imperative brings in creativity if you're willing to allow vision and to think a little ahead of the curve and to see unique solutions to old problems and novel solutions to problems people didn't even know existed. You have a particular genius that's being, that's waiting to be developed if you haven't already. So people sometimes don't do it because they're afraid of being alone. But when you do it, you are vibrating. I'm willing to believe in myself and trust that I need to do what I need to do. You actually create new levels of community. And this is the, what I'm about to say is a huge topic and I'm not going to get to it in the two minutes I have left here, uh, but you can actually go back through the uh, archives of the show and find stuff about this. But the transition from the Piscean to the Aquarian age that we're in now is to unplug from groups that don't work, that we may have found ourselves in because of you know ethnicity, religion, nationality. Unplug from groups that don't work for us. Individuate, find out what makes us tick, what we need to do, and then reconnect with new ways of creating community, new levels of community. So when you find you have to pull away from something to develop your Uranian self or to honor yourself or to stay sane, part of you might say, oh, but then I'm going to be alone. Realize that other people all over the planet are doing this disconnect as well, and they want to find people who are better for them to interact with too. So when you actually give in to the Uranian impulse to individuate, um, you set yourself up, if you're open, to create new community, new relationships, new jobs, new careers, new ways of having an impact on the world. Whew, can you believe another show is down? I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. This is my 100th episode. Now, being very Uranian, I, I, I have a perception that I shouldn't care about such uh, base 10 numbering systems. <laughs> like, I should celebrate Oh my God, it was the, the 89th episode. Woo! You know, it was the fourth episode. But, but it just seems to me like in almost two years of doing this show and about, actually it's just about two years. Um, I think the first show was October 4th or 5th, 2012. Um, so many topics have been covered. You can find a wealth of information in the archives, uh, on iTunes. And again, uh, as you're digging through there, rate and re- review the podcast and send some cash to support the show. It's always appreciated. It does cost money to put on the air and I'm happy to do it. And I love your support as well. So, um, really uh, thrilled to be doing this show. I actually, um, resisted doing it for years, which you can hear about in older episodes. Uh, and I finally gave in and it's turned out really well. I'm really pleased, really happy to be able to reach so many people through the live show as well as the, uh, the podcast, uh, subscribers and, um, keep in touch with me through tdjacobs.com. Call me for a reading. The sliding scale is in effect. You can get some great work for a very, uh, very affordable amount of money wherever you fall on the scale and, uh, do the daily energy work calls. These are really amazing opportunities. 22 days in October, uh, get all that info at tdjacobs.com. Thanks for joining me, and I will talk to you again live next week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. 
For more information, tune in every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com. 